Earth podcast with your host, Jake Weaver, engineered by Cedric Swan. Hey, everybody, we are back with another episode of Midnights on Earth. I'm your host, Jake Weaver, and we're here to bring you more knowledge, more light, and more love. We have yet another legend on the show. I am incredibly grateful and incredibly honored to have Brigitte Mars on the show. Elder herbalist, legend, force for change. So many good things. She's here with us today, and I'm super duper excited about it. And before I do my social media shout out, I got to also announce that we have a guest co-host. We never do this. We've only done this one other time, but because we had Brigitte Mars, I had to bring our resident herbalist on the show. Bryn Anderson of Vinyl Forest Herbs is here. Hello, Bryn. Hey, Jake. How's it going? We're going to talk to Brigitte here in just a second, but first I need all of the listeners to do something for me. If you have not done this already, follow me on Instagram at midnight underscore on underscore earth that is the address you can follow me there spotify apple Podcasts, google Podcasts, wherever you go to get your podcasts you can click that button that connects us so when the legends come on you know you get that notification to wherever you get that and of course tell a friend spread the word word of mouth it's so powerful bring people that you know need this high frequency love-based information you know these people and it might even be yourself your friend your family bring them all here midnightonearth.com okay we're gonna talk to brigitte but first i have to read her bio so here we go brigitte mars is an herbalist a nutritional consultant of natural health with almost 50 years of experience. She teaches herbal medicine at Naropa University and School of Health Mastery in Iceland. She has taught at Omega Institute, Esalen, Kripalu, Sivananda Yoga Ashram, Envision Tribal Visions, Unify Sister Winds, Arise Festivals, and even the Mayo Clinic. She is a founding and professional member of the American Herbalist Guild. Brigitte is the author of many books and DVDs, including the Natural First Aid Handbook, Natural Remedies for Mental and Emotional Health, The Country Almanac of Home Remedies, The Desktop Guide to Herbal Medicine. There's so many. Beauty by Nature, Addiction Free Naturally, the Sexual Herbal, we know we need that, Healing Herbal Teas, and co-author of the Hemp Nut Cookbook. <laughs> this lady's amazing. Her history is amazing. Her latest project is a phone app called iPlant. And in addition to all that, she is also a psychedelic sitter, an end-of-life doula. And currently, she lives in Boulder, Colorado, and by the grace of all of the wonderfulness of the universe, she's here with us today. Hello, Brigitte. Oh, I'm so delighted. Thank you for that beautiful intro. Well, thank you for all of your work. I, I'm just going to sit. Let's, let's just get that out of the game. Thank you for everything that you've done for your fellow humans. All of these decades, all of these years, you've put out love, you've put out light, you've 
you've done service to humanity and I'm sure it's come back to you, but I still want to say thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. Yep. That is my mission on earth. Okay. Well, it here shows. we go. Bang the <laughs> and start eating them. So we're going to be talking about your most recent book, which is Natural Remedies for Mental and Emotional Health. And then the subtitle is Holistic Medicine and Techniques for a Happy and Healthy Mind, which people, we need this now more than ever. We can talk about Brigitte's history. We're going to do that. But it seems like in 2024, with the flux of energy and different events and various things happening, there's a lot of restructuring, therefore a lot of instability. And we need to tap into nature. Our beautiful mother, the creator source, gave us this relationship with our mother earth to help us heal naturally during these times. Is that the inspiration for this book? Did you feel an impetus to get this out in these these shaky kind of interesting times? Well, you know, there's been a lot of shaky times on the planet, <laughs> you know, uh, you know, there could have been like Vikings coming over the hill and Nazis or slave traders. So, hey, life, as a matter of fact, I teach a workshop called Jedi survival skills on a perilous planet. Because, <laughs> you know, it's good to be ready for anything. And yeah, it's weird. It's so weird right now, but we're going to do our best. And that is my prayer. Like, okay, we're going to do our best. Yes. And thank you for all of that. And you do feel like this is timely though. I mean, Oh, absolutely. Well, you know, I've been saying for many years, wherever two or more are gathered, one is on antidepressants. So, um, Unfortunately, in the West, though, in your book, you point out that 90%, I believe, is that correct? 80% of the world uses natural remedies as their primary source of health care. This is true. And, um, you know, it's not just depression, it's anxiety and OCD, but... It, it seems that in this culture, when people have physical conditions, they go to one kind of doctor, whether it be a natural doctor or, a, you know, AMA kind of doctor. But when they have mental things going on, like depression, anger, grief, anxiety, um, memory loss, they, they go to a different kind of doctor. It's almost as if the mind and the body are not connected. And I don't really get how we can see that because in Asian medicine, herbs diet acupuncture are used for mental disharmonies as well as physical things and we know we know that the mental body can affect the physical body but the physical body can also affect the mental body absolutely because the body itself is alive it has its own consciousness we are light beings in these physical bodies and the body itself is its own being and we have to understand that the relationship with our body, that that consciousness is a symbiotic relationship. It's a relationship that requires us to talk to our body and then also be able to tell our body no when it asks for things to, that will throw us out of balance. Mm -hmm. And and I do think that there's so many things that maybe have people get medicated for mental disharmonies like anxiety, depression, grief, and it could be that these people are eating something they're allergic to that's causing brain inflammation. It could be that they need more of a certain vitamin or amino acid than they're getting in their diet. There could be some deficiency going on. There could be something like heavy metal toxicity from, you know, mercury fillings or aluminum cookware. 
And now, of course, you know, we go through stuff here on this earth. But when it comes to mental health, rather than thinking that the only thing we can do is sign up for a prescription diet or a, pres- a prescription drug, sorry, the prescription drug, um, I really wanted to give people ideas that there's so many natural time-tested things we can do, whether it be food, herbs, supplements, light therapy, color therapy, you know, gardening, doing your feng shui, yoga, breathing, like there's so many things you can do. And if you need to be on prescription drugs for a period of time, there's no judgment about that, but you may come to a point where you don't want to use them forever and ever for whatever reason. You want to have a baby or it's not working or it's killed your libido or and it's making you gain too much weight or curbed your appetite, whatever that is. These are all opportunities that using natural medicine that get you to love yourself more, take care of yourself better. And so when you do go off of those medications, you've got more tools in your pocket. You've got more things that you know how to do because you've like started going to the natural food store. You found a good therapist. You found a yoga class or you, you know, you clean you've done your feng shui and you're not living in a cluttered mess anymore well what i loved about your book is that you really do come at these emotional and mental issues from all sides you talk about different therapies like you said and modalities and you even include the western medicine perspective in addition to really just defining the ailment itself which is super amazing because people need to understand that there are these different treatments but it doesn't necessarily negate the western medicine it seems like the Western medicine is meant to be used as a band-aid and these earth-based medicines, these natural medicines are the ones that are meant to keep us in balance. Once we get back to some sort of homeostasis, right? Absolutely. Jake. And even if it's, natural medicine let's say someone has insomnia yes they could take a sleeping pill or they could take an herbal formula with you know kava kava and valerian and passion flower but whatever they choose to take might work so much better if they look at things like taking a lavender bath before bed or stopping eating three hours before bed or getting ready for the next day the night before so they're not like ah, i don't all my socks are and don't match and my clothes will be all wrinkled and my husband needs cream for his coffee or you know whatever it is if we would get ready for the next day the night before and what about things like wearing an eye mask you know or uh breathing techniques and again you know maybe it's an herb maybe calcium and magnesium will help you so my wish is that um we use some of these lifestyle things along with the herbs or even the pharmaceuticals because the lifestyle things are so important and everything works better and eventually you might get to the place well i did all this lifestyle stuff and now i don't even need the herbs i'm sleeping so well (laughs) right the body requires maintenance there's no doubt and it seems like like you were saying earlier there's this disconnect at least in western culture that says that if there's any of these issues like you described you there's a pill for it It's like, it's like when people were jokingly saying, you know, there's an app for that. There's an app for that. Well, it's like in Western culture, especially in America, there's a pill for that. There's a pill for that. You see these commercials for these pills and the side effects 
my God, like, why would you even want to do that? So to me, it's like, it's like a science that's not perfected yet. It's out on the market. People turn to that. They don't understand that all of these remedies have been there for thousands of years, but they were demonized. Why do you feel like they were demonized and pushed away from the Western mind? Oh, that is such an important question. So, you know, if we look back in a, a time between the 1400s and the 1700s, in a sense, Big Pharma was at it then because many of the so-called witches that were executed for practicing witchcraft were women, were herbalists and midwives. They were competing with doctors who should be the only ones to deliver women's babies, of course, and uh, promoting herbal remedies instead of wonderful things like mercury, which was a popular remedy for syphilis back then. Um, and, you know, it's interesting. I actually had a client today who was a pharmacist and I was telling her, I said, you know, the word quack comes from doctors coming from town to town to bring quicksilver, which is an old name for mercury, uh, the quacks coming to town, but it wasn't the herbalists that were giving it. It was the doctors that were giving mercury, which actually oh, often caused more problems then about yeah. the problem of syphilis. <laughs> but uh, one more thing I want to say, this is big. Yes, please. Jason Brin. In, in 1917, the Rockefeller Foundation, who have been very invested in the pharmaceutical industry, they sent one man, Mr. Flexner, around the United States to go pay a visit to all the medical schools. And he made a deal with them. The deal was if these medical schools would only teach the new modern medicine, they would get funding. Ah! But, if, but if they taught that old fashioned homeopathy, herbal ah. medicine, no funding for you. And so that's what happened in this country. But if you go into a pharmacy in, you know, Germany or Switzerland and you say, you know, I've got this problem, you can do a drug, but the herbs never left. The herbs are still there on the shelf. So, um, you know, uh, so yeah, that's really there's a little financial uh, greed going on there because you know when we use natural remedies, we're also helping to keep the planet green. I mean, somewhere there's going to be a field of lavender or echinacea growing, and the pollinators and butterflies and children frolicking, and everybody's happy. And instead of like ah petrochemicals uh, going into the water. Uh. So I know what I would want in my neighborhood. Right? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> well, it's just, it's, it's, it's mind blowing because it's, it's hard to imagine for people that have been immersed in it. Now you've been immersed in it for decades and loving it. You've been holding that frequency. I've been studying it for a couple of decades. I know Bryn has as well. So for me, I'm kind of used to it. it. It's hard for me to imagine that this is new information for people. Like they're still in the matrix. They're still not even getting this, but it seems like there's certain things that cut through the illusion that cut through the matrix, like weather and the earth and herbal medicine that no matter how the illusion that humans create shift and change over the centuries, these remedies, these earth-based situations are always there to push through that. And, you know, natural medicine, I, I don't want to say that everybody should just use natural medicine because natural medicine works great for people that are motivated. 
you know, some of my doctor friends say, look, I don't like recommending so many drugs, but if I just told people to go home and, uh, you know, take vitamin C and have a bowl of chicken soup and drink plenty of fluids, they, they want something that they can't access themselves. So my doctor friends say, yeah, we give away a lot more prescriptions. So natural medicine is calling upon people to take some responsibility about what you eat and where you place your consciousness, you know, could, uh, you know, all the media be making us sick and the toxic music and literature that we read that fills us full of fear and dread and all of that. So again, I'm really happy about it. And I do really like to say that these remedies, you know, for especially when it comes to the plant medicine, they've been used by millions of people for thousands of years. So I've worked in a pharmacy. I worked at a, a holistic pharmacy, Pharmaca, for 20 years when they were happening. And uh, I saw a lot of drugs get approved. And then, you know, six months later, they're being recalled. <sighs> yeah. I'm thinking so, of Vioxx is what I remember that was like that. Yeah, that gave people heart many. damage. I've, I've seen many of them, you know, and again, you, if you watch an hour of TV, you're going to see ads for eat this food, take these drugs. If you eat these food, you're going to need these drugs. <laughs> so what, if you're looking at it from like, and this is kind of a buzzword in spiritual circles now, this meta awareness, <laughs> if, if you look at it from a meta perspective, what, what are we looking for when we're trusting chemicals and we're trusting these man-made things to heal us? Like, where is the disconnect? What happened there looking from the outside in? Well, you know, I will say, you know, my, my dad's ancestry was from Russia and my mom's ancestry was from France through Canada. And there was something about they came to America and they wanted to be modern. And when I wanted to carry on the tradition of my French Canadian grandmother, they really said, why would you want to do that? That's something poor people did uh. in the old country in the last century. So it was like, no, we're like, we're modern. We like, you know. So that <laughs> so was the root of thing it. about amalgamating and, you know, like doing the American thing. And believe me, um, you know, all of that's great, but it was almost like, you know, casting out the tradition that really is so valuable. So, you know, they say it skips a generation, but I'm very much like my grandmother who was a folk healer and, you know, she used garlic and apple cider vinegar and honey and you know, red palms and tea leaves and all that stuff. And I just said, she she tells the weather better than the dude on TV, you know? So people were really coming to the new world as if it was a new world. Like they were on a rocket ship from their ancestry to this new planet, America, where everything was different and nothing mattered before. And this, whatever they said, this new world was gospel. It was exactly perfect. And all of that other previous information, though time tested and valid is now old world mythology. That's so mind blowing to think about. And another thing that happened in, you know, the pharmaceutical world is rather, you can't patent a plant. All right. Right. Um, and so, you know, dandelions, if I were going to another planet, I would bring dandelion nettles and cannabis with me. But let me just talk about dandelions for a minute <laughs> because dandelions are so medicinal. I, I also have a new book out called Dandelion Medicine that just came out with Story Publishing. And um, 
dandelions are like every part of them is edible. The flowers are high in lutein, but we know that dandelion leaves are very diuretic and they're said to be as effective a diuretic as one of the leading pharmaceutical drugs. Okay, but why would any company study that dandelions are a good drug because people have them in their yard? And so there's this thing in medicine where they look for usually an active ingredient. Usually it's an alkaloid. We could say, you know, um, aspirin, you know, found salicin, that ephedra, you know, contained ephedrine. We could look at, you know, tobacco contains nicotine, uh, coffee contains caffeine. Alkaloids, they always end in I-N or I-N-E. Right. Okay. Um, and so what very often the pharmaceutical companies do is they look for the alkaloids which are often very bitter hydrastine and golden seal mescaline and peyote maybe that's not something they're so interested in but <laughs> kind of you you'd be surprised we'll talk about that if they can make money from it <laughs> yeah exactly we'll talk about that um but when you just either synthesize the alkaloid or you only extract the alkaloid, you're missing out on the big picture, the whole symphony, because plants also contain not only alkaloids, but vitamins, minerals, fiber, chlorophyll, saponins, glycosides, you know, and all kinds of wonderful things. And it's kind of looking at, no, we just want that one active ingredient. And believe me, I've been in this business long enough to see, oh, we thought that the active ingredient was you know hypericin oh but it's really hyper foreign and really herbalists are saying no no just use the whole thing that's better you know make a tea out of it when you're sick you should be drinking more fluids anyways and you know you're holding a cup of you know steaming herbal tea you're getting this aromatherapy treatment it's time for affirmation like oh i'm strengthening <laughs> my immune system i'm Ah, oh, nourishing my nervous system. It's so beautiful. But I think we've allowed ourselves to be dummied down to think that we can't do it ourselves. I, I was at a party a few weeks ago and I heard this man say, um, I have high blood pressure, but my doctor is going to get it down for me. And I said, gee, don't you think you should be? Getting it down? <laughs> yeah. You know, Okay, there's a drug, but has your doctor said anything maybe about, you know, changing your salt and less caffeine? Maybe try meditation. And, but, you know. It's, uh, it's interesting, you know, but they, they feel validated because of their training. And their training comes from this paradigm of, of authority. Uh, you know, it's on high. That's, oh, well, these other doctors that are more accredited than me said it's right. So, therefore, it is. And, therefore, I'm going to now espouse that as gospel. <laughs> like I said, this is what we're struggling with with Western medicine, but you've been in this for 40 years or actually close to 50 years now. I you, think it's almost like six, I'm close to 60 now. Wow. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> okay. So yeah, got, I have like a daughter who's 51. So oh my okay. God. you're looking, wow. You look really healthy. Oh my oh, God. People, you can't well, see this you. right now, but she's just like a glowing goddess, radiant <laughs> light right now. So, wow. So <laughs> but, um, but I do think, you know, we do want to honor Western medicine. I mean, if you're in a car accident, go to the hospital. I mean, right. really, uh, you know, the, uh, this is so beautiful. And so I don't want it to be us and them. Yes. I really just want us to all work together for the highest good. But I really do love it when I think about companies that are honoring the whole plant 
and you know rather than like just go look for alkaloids but um look for what are some of the plants that the native people or the indigenous people have been using because there just might be something there you know and you know very often there is and again there's there's so many other things we can do but i do feel that Yes, our planet is suffering right now. I mean, you go outside, there's our planet is suffering and people are suffering. And so we're all in this together. And I think that using natural medicine is a step towards a healthier world and everybody wins. Yes. Bryn, did you want to say something? Well, I just wanted to speak to that when you're using the whole plant, then you're you're empowering yourself. And there's like, you know, like you said, you can only separate it into so many parts and you can take the curcumin out of turmeric or whatever, but it doesn't, it, it, there isn't that like magic of the plant communicating with the magic of the human and there that you know that is a healing in itself and then when you're taking the um when you know like when it's the doctor fixing the blood pressure then you're taking that power away from the person and i think people don't even realize they have that power so I don't know what you, how you feel. About yes. That. And then extracting it, just to add to that, extracting those alkaloids, just focusing on that. They're not focusing on the plant spirit. It's the, it's the relationship, the resonance with the plant spirit itself that activates and institutes the healing, I believe. So you, you start isolating that. My friends that are into Iboga talk about this, the Ibogaine, it's, it's not even the same thing because when you isolate that, it's just a compound. It's a chemical at that point. The plant spirit is gone. And, you know, speaking of Iboga, like, wouldn't it be great if the continent of Africa had more products that they could bring into the world market and more ways of, you know, keeping the jungle preserved and helping the people? But, oh, no, we've got to, like, make it illegal and only get the alkaloid and it probably won't be nearly as much fun and you won't have all that other stuff happening that changes your life <laughs> and your consciousness. Well there oh, are no. iboga shamans in america in fact we had an episode with one recently you'll have to check it out it wasn't that long ago like five or six weeks ago we had a, a western a boga shaman based in oregon on the show evan burton so you'll have to talk to him he went to africa and trained with that uh tribe the buiti uh to be an iboga shaman i'd love to listen to that uh, incredible stuff so okay 60 years now you started young you you saw the changes now you've seen cyclical movements in consciousness related to herbalism and these topics would you say that in 2024 people are more open than ever could be a tumultuous time in the world but yeah. people are more uh, open than ever they're open to these topics they, they're open to learning oh absolutely you know people get ready and i think a lot of people are maybe you know, maybe they've done the pharmaceutical thing, but it, and it worked for a while. It made the symptoms go away. And we, we often see that one drug often leads to another drug. Um, you Isn't know, that, that funny? Like, it's like all these since I got to take this drug, have these symptoms from this drug. Now I have to take this drug that gave me that. Now that drug gave me symptoms. It's insanity. Like it seems like it's caveman science. Like it's like, we think we know, but we're so primitive. We have no clue. And, we, and the whole, consciousness of it is disconnected from nature which is connected to source and the universe so all of that ethereal information is like completely lost there it seems like it's true it's true you know i was um riding back when i used to ski i was riding up a chairlift and i with this young doctor and he 
he said, you know, I, I don't really believe in herbs. When I told him I was an herbalist, I said, so tell me something, doctor. Do you ever smoke weed? And he said, oh, I happen to have some right here. And he pulled out his little pipe and everything. I said, well, that's an herb. Does does that work? And of course, maybe that one you noticed. Like, well, you know, I mean that like, one, but not the other ones. <laughs> yeah, but like, you know, well, Hawthorne does something and garlic does something and turmeric does something too. Um, it might not be something that you notice physiologically, but you might be able to lower your blood pressure and so I you know I did not grow up with great health I grew up in upstate New York I was on you know antibiotics all the time I really didn't like it and so the fact that I had health challenges it made me you know quest like I started reading the the back of the cereal label <laughs> <laughs> like you know 10 years old like wow I wonder if that's what's making people sick and wow. you know I know I had I had this um, younger sister Rachel, and um, she had this terrible. I was probably like twelve years old. She had this terrible skin condition, and my parents, God bless them, they took her to the best specialists. They went to three different specialists. But I said, you know, it's it started when you started using that chemical bubble bath. What do you know? You're like twelve years old. Like the specialists have this nice cortisone cream she can rub on there. And you know what? After three specialists and God knows how many hundreds of dollars it cost, it was the bubble bath. I just kind of had this, you know, like, I don't know. Look at the ingredients in there. Like, really? Should we putting all that dye on this little baby's body? You like spiritually, uh, intuitively uh, knew that, like your spirit, your higher self was communicating with you. And you were intuiting that. Yeah, it's true. And I, I, they still sell that same cereal. I can't believe it. <laughs> yeah, big surprise. In fact, it's probably worse than it was then. As far as the preservatives, the GMOs, they probably didn't even have GMOs in the way they do now. It's shocking. Why, why do we accept this? Not us, the people that know we've been activated. We've got this information. But why generally do humans accept this? Are they truly in a trance? Are they brainwashed to think that if it's on a shelf, it's okay? Like, what is going on here? Because any kind of critical thinking would dismiss any of these things being healthy. You know, I'm just, you know, I'm not attached to everybody doing what I say, you know, like, hey, but I sometimes just say to people, hey, hey, if what you're doing is working for you, you know, great. Like, or I might just say, well, how's that working for you? Um, or I might say, if you keep doing the same thing, the same thing's going to happen. Um, you know, so even if you do find a drug and it minimizes your symptoms, but yet you're still doing the same lifestyle things that are maybe undermining your health. But I have no attachment that everybody needs to get on the natural bandwagon but i i do think that time is of the essence and i think that this is really good to learn about because there's a lot you can do with like i said garlic and onions and vinegar and uh cayenne pepper and it's really fun and it really works i you know i raised two daughters sunflower and and rainbow and i you know i just use natural medicine all the time and i remember one time my daughter rainbow said mom i need to tell you i had strep throat and uh, you treated me with herbs you know i probably gave her usnea and hot ginger compresses around the throat she said i miss more school than the other kids because you had to use the herbs you know how kids are <laughs> and then at the, at the end of the school year, she said, Mom, I have to tell you, I actually miss less school than the other kids because I only had strep throat once. But uh, the other kids, you know, you got it repeatedly. But, you know, I was saying like, yeah, but I made your favorite soup and I did foot massage and well, we got to we watch Grease like for the 80th time. And, 
you know? <laughs> well, and that's the thing. The human, I'm not sure how to define it, but we're so, I don't want to say delicate and I don't want to say high maintenance, but it does take a significant amount of energy to keep us stable. We have to be on top of it because for whatever reason, if we're not, and we start to slip, the effects can accumulate very fast. And then the results accumulate. Why is that? Like, why do you feel like it takes so much? Or is it a situation where once you really start getting in the activity and the motion of these things, it becomes very easy? Well, you know, I think people often feel pressured. They don't have enough time. People feel very stretched. This is what's convenient. I mean, it's a lot easier just to go and get a pharmaceutical pill, you might have to like travel a little further to find the health food store or the herb shop that has the products that you want. Insurance covers pharmaceutical drugs, but if you really, you know, need to, you know, change your diet or buy some herbs or supplements, insurance usually won't cover that. So people feel, you know, no, insurance will pay for drugs and surgery before they're going to pay for, you know, herbs and homeopathy. And I think that we've just thought like, that's not my specialty. But so my one of my many goals is like to help people be their primary healthcare person. You know, it's not like you can't see the chiropractor, the acupuncturist or the medical doctor, the gynecologist, whatever, go see whoever you want. But really, you need to be the primary person. And, you know, yeah, research it. There's so much information out there. That's why I've written so many books so that you'll know what to do <laughs> if depression strikes you or like anxiety. Anxiety is such a big thing right now. Um, you know, I hear it from people. I've treated so many people with panic attacks and I don't think enough doctors are saying um, that anxiety could be more pronounced when you have low blood sugar. Yes. And yet, if all you did was have two cups of coffee and then some kind of sweet pastry for breakfast, and then you listen to fast rock and roll music, which is great for cleaning the house, but not good for, <laughs> uh, you know, like having serenity of consciousness. Um, yeah. And then you're laid and your heart's racing and you're breathing really shallowly. I mean, there's so many things you could do for anxiety. You could have some healthy snacks with you. You could eat a better breakfast. You could, um, you know, have a bottle of lavender oil and take five deep inhalations on each nostril and it goes right to your brain. I always say, would you rather go down freak out freeway or lavender lane? <laughs> That's so beautiful. <laughs> you know, Bryn talks about, I'm going to remember that. <laughs> Bryn talks about healing yourself and how important it is for self care. That that's a huge thing right now. It's hard for people because they are under an assault from toxins, which attacks the vital force as Brent often talks about that is huge because people want to do these things. They hear this. They're like, I would really love to have a more healthier life and do some of these things. These people are talking about, but that, that, that fire is dulled. Why is that fire dulled? Well, I, you know, I'm a big believer in you need to get up an hour earlier. So you have time for self-care. It's really easy to skip yoga, skip the healthy breakfast, skip making a healthy lunch for yourself, not taking your supplements, da, da, da. And, um, you know, it's a new year. So it's a great time for making resolutions. I always make a resolution for each chakra. Oh, look, here's my little chakra doll. She's got, let's see. Oh, my God. That's so cute. Okay. So red is about what are you going to do to feel safe this year? You know, like, I don't know, maybe... Uh, 
take a self-defense class or something. Orange is about who you're going to hang out with. Maybe you should hang out with people that are on a, a healthy life path. You know, that's good. And then yellow, this is where we say, you know, I don't need to be addicted to anything. I mean, the eating gluten and dairy, it's making me all congested. So maybe I should change my diet or maybe I need to eat a salad every day. Green is about, you know, what can we do to live more green? We're going to buy the organic. We're going to make our own like, you know, I, I washed my clothes with ivy leaves the other day. I, wow. Ivy leaves, Hadira Helix. Okay, blue is we're going to create art and speak more affirmatively instead of saying, oh, I'm such a mess. I'm so disorganized. I'm so sick. Oh, it's like I am taking steps for better health. And then this is where are we going to put our consciousness? You know, like, um, you know, if we're just watching movies about like pedophiles and cannibals, that's not really inspiring. Why do they get a movie made about that? Like, exactly. You know, and then, you know, this, I love that you talk about, you know, the creator, like, you know, so find some way to connect to source. You know, prayer is great. I've been telling everybody, Om at 420, one breath for peace, whether you're doing anything else or not. Yeah. And for people that are just listening around the world, what she held up was this beautiful cosmic kind of raggedy and doll with the chakras out outlined in colors on the front of the doll. And to guide us that's incredible information because it is and people are feeling this energy they're feeling this stress but all of the remedies all of the answers not just remedies but restoration like you talk about in your book revitalization it's all there for us on the earth and the strategies are available right now and you know jake I think if I were to say one of the most important things people can do, because it is such a precarious time, it's so unsettling, but the weeds, the things that we were conditioned to think are evil weeds are really the Jedi masters of it all. Because nobody plants the dandelion or the violet or the chickweed or the lamb's quarter. And because those plants have figured out the key to survival, they grow without anybody planting a seed. Nobody waters them, mulches them, dogs pee on them, people step on them. They grow through the cracks in the sidewalks. I'm not saying collect it where the, on the sidewalk or where the dog <laughs> pee park is. You know, maybe you go to the backyard instead of the front yard, but the weeds have figured it out. And most Americans eat mostly annual plants. You know, as soon as the frost comes, you know, the zucchini and the tomatoes, you know, they're done. And so by eating these wild things, because the dandelions are going to be growing a month before you can even plant your garden. And they're going to be there for a month after your garden's already toast, too. Right. So they're there to sustain us, not just through hard times, but it, they, like you said, the consciousness of this plant, this living being, because it is a living being. You're talking about dandelion. It's, it's like, would you say it's like a cluster consciousness? Like, like plants itself, of course, have their consciousness collectively, but, but the spirit of a plant, like a dandelion, is it like a cluster consciousness? Or would you say each, each plant, each flower has its own individuation? Well, you know, my, my friend David Hoffman, I saw he has a book coming out called Nature, Nature, Nature's Intelligence or something. I can't wait to read it, but we are finding out that plants are sentient beings. I mean, even, um, what was that book? Uh, I, I can't think of the name of it. It was, it came out like maybe 50 years ago. Oh, uh, Secret Life of Plants. 
That that one. So even, you know, back then there was research that, you know, plants are okay with you like eating them, but they just don't like you being mean. They do like to be spoken to, spoken to nicely. It seems that there's a lot more consciousness than we thought. And, you know, we're finding out that, you know, trees like aspen trees, which, you know, are prolific here in Colorado, they're like all connected at the roots and they communicate with each other and that the fungi mycelium and the, it's just really a lot more holistic than we give it credit for. It's a pulsing living light of consciousness. It, the intelligence of these plants is far more than we can imagine. But I think as humanity is having this ascension moment, even though the tumultuousness is yes, there, but overall, it seems like we are ascending. We will realize this. I think we're going to strengthen our relationship with the plants as we really realize their, their true intelligence. Do you feel like though that plants signed on in a way much like we choose our lives before we're born did they choose to help us like be there for us as we evolve to be our companions our food our spiritual support all of those things you know i do think there's truth in that it's interesting how very often the plant that you need is right there. Like I got bit by a copperhead snake one time and like, I was pretty young. I didn't quite know what to do. My um, was-been sucked the venom out with a shop vac, which I thought was very clever. Um, (laughs) You say was-been, ex-husband, I'm guessing? Yeah. Okay. I've never heard that before. That's hilarious. Margie I'm sorry. Flint say that too. That's a lot nicer than X, you know, because like you did love each other. So, all right. So we're not going to do the X thing. But the herb, the snake was right by the echinacea plant. And that was the right remedy. And I mean, the intelligent thing to do would have been like, get thee to a doctor. But you have to call ahead. And we didn't have a telephone to order the anti-venom serum. And it's like $10,000 a vial. And we were right. like poor hippies. And so uh, let's try the second AC and it worked. So, and it so was right there. Confidence. Like, like, yeah. like literally <laughs> divinity provided the manifestation happened. The plant spirit consciousness was there for you when right you needed there. it. Yes. And like where poison ivy grows, there's usually a remedy within a hundred feet, whether it be, you know, um, jewelweed or whether it be um, artemisia or maybe it's grindelia or gumweed and then you know you go somewhere like aloe vera grows in the desert and it's like it's a great remedy for sunburn it's there you know and if you look at you cut an aloe vera plant and it seals itself up you know it'll exude this like you know a lantuan juicy stuff and then it seals itself up which is what it does to our skin so the, the you know the and the animals understand this and the plants speak to us in so many ways you know with their flavor with their color the ones that are growing everywhere like the dandelion and the chickweed our our miners let us are saying like use me lots i'm everywhere and then the ones that are like i'm so rare you have to like you know climb the highlands (laughs) of tibet to find us might be saying use me with respect when you really need me because i'm i'm kind of not available there for everybody right well i have to ask you this because let's just go out in outer space for just a second then we'll come back to earth how does it make you feel to know that in the infinite vastness of space, there are other Earth-like planets, there are other herbs out there with different energy signatures, with different spirits, but yet they're there. Like, does that blow your mind as an herbalist to think of extraterrestrial herbs? 
Um, well, of course, but you know, I'm totally into that. I'm a been a long term reader of the Urantia book. Oh yes, plays- love the Urantia. I love the Urantia book, and you know, Mo Siegel, who started Celestial Seasonings. He lives here in Boulder. He's my friend. And I've, when, you know, when you talk about outer space, he says, yeah, I wonder what kind of herbs we can find over there. <laughs> For you the know? next tea. <laughs> That's but, but I do think that maybe space travelers, like the supposedly the Mayans believe that the sunflower was a gift to them brought by extraterrestrials. I actually think that cannabis was a gift by some of the extraterrestrials that came here about half a million years ago because you know there were already humans here this is way before adam and eve but if they were to bring one plant that could help make food fiber fabric medicine lamp oil sandals rope um, bedding uh, home construction i don't know any other plant that could have done that many things and it is interesting that it grows as tall as a tree in one season Yes, you know? and it elevates consciousness as well when used correctly. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Wow. I've kind of heard that theory before, but it's been a minute. But wow, yes, it does seem like there is the potential with the visitations that have happened that there has been some cross pollination, people bringing plant life from these other worlds that they're coming from. And, you know, wouldn't that be the right thing if you were going to another planet? Like, here, we we bring you, we bring you stinging nettles. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think it would be a great icebreaker, right? You're like, look, we have this stuff. It's called we cannabis. We got some seeds here. It's exactly. always been a way, you know, like tribe to tribe. You know, may the leaves be for the healing of the nations. Absolutely. And that's something I love about your book is that it really outlines a lot of different healing strategies that includes herbs. You talk about cannabis, other modalities and Western medicine, because that's really covering all of the gamut. So when people have these questions, they can cross reference all within this book. And again, the ailments, the things that you cover in this book, it feels like are so needed right now. And so I urge everybody to get it because it has that, but it's also like, a guidebook for natural health in itself. Like it's kind of focused, but in a general sense, it's an incredible guidebook. As you go over these things, you learn about the different processes of natural health. And it has that uh, cool A to Z in the back of all the different holistic therapies. So if you're brand new, like so many listeners are to the show, like brand new to these, these high frequency topics, these healing modalities, you have it all outlined. You're like A to Z. This is what this is. This is what this is. I thought that was super duper cool. Thank you. Thank you so much, Jake. And you know, like one problem that we, uh, almost all of us know somebody who as they're getting older, they're kind of losing their mental faculties and we don't want to be like that. And yet what is, what can we do to keep our brains active, keep our memory strong as we get older? So, I mean, that I have a chapter on that, like uh, enhancing your intelligence. And so I'm really big on things like eating uh, foods that are high in anthocyanins, things that are blue and purple in color, like blueberries and purple grapes and acai berries. Um, I'm really big on lion's mane mushroom, which is really good for our neurological system. But I do think that, you know, a lot of times people are losing their mental faculties from some of the pharmaceuticals that they're on, from eating a very processed diet. 
Um, you know, and then aluminum cookware is another thing. And people don't re realize that there could be aluminum in your deodorant or your non-dairy coffee creamer or your aluminum pot where you're making your, you know, tea every day or the restaurant that you're eating in. And um, I'm also really big on doing crafts, handcrafts, because I think that, you know, if we go back a, a few generations, couple generations, you know, the elder people were making things with their hands. And I right. do think that, you know, following a pattern or knit one, purl two, or whittling with wood and looking at, you know, movement and being adept is really good for our brain because we want to use our hands playing an instrument rather than only um, you know, listening to music like, you know, sketch or play or journal or do things with your hands. It's really good for our, our brain connection to our hands. So, yes, we need to preserve this as we get older. There are different strategies for this because you see people like yourself that are beautiful, vibrant, highly intelligent. And then you see people that are younger than you, younger than you. And they're like gone. Like they're in a nursing home. They're like, their brain's gone because of the poisons. You are in the natural version of humanity, the true version of humanity. These other people are a product of the matrix. It seems like, and Brynn, did you have something to say? I did. It was about three subjects back. Hold on. <laughs> We're going through so many cool things. Oh, I was just going to say that I really appreciate in your book how you do lay out so many different modalities that are beyond an herb you can take, but like, like the journal writing and the just, you know, little processes, like you said, you know, getting ready the night before or, or doing knitting or just other things that are so important. It's not, it's not just about replacing herbs for the pharmaceutical, right? It's about like, it's a whole lifestyle thing. And that chamomile tea is one aspect of settling down for the evening. But like you say in your book, it's also, you know, taking that bath or drinking that tea or writing in your journal or calling your grandma or doing a puzzle or something that's like changing your whole nervous system. And that's so important. And I think that's part of what we're missing in this whole pharmaceutical model is just like, take this for that, take this for that. And you could take echinacea instead of an antibiotic, but really it's the same thing if you're not doing those other lifestyle things, or maybe the echinacea didn't work, but then you offer like the homeopathics or the aromatherapy. And, and there's so many different things that could be tried or even the acupressure points. That was such awesome information too. Oh, thank so, you, Bryn. Yeah. And you know, um, increased light. We do know that a lot of people get depressed when they go to work in the dark, they're under fluorescent lighting all day they come home in the dark and another simple tool is the colors that you choose to wear yes i so, saw you, you know, said I, that i mean color is energy and if uh -oh. you think color doesn't matter i'm wearing green today because it's we're filming this on a vendredi or a viernes so it's <laughs> yes, venus day so venus. I, wear, I wear green every friday my closet is arranged like a rainbow um <laughs> But I do think that, you know, sometimes I see people and they say, I'm so depressed. I'm so depressed. And I say, every time I see you, you're wearing gray, you know, um, you might find that blue is going to help you feel calmer, that red and hot pinks are going to make you feel more energized, that green is good when you want to just, you know, be mellow and uh, healing in a healing mode. And yellow is really good when you need to be very mentally alert. Um, and so, you know, I wear black. I'll probably wear black tomorrow because it's Saturn Day. Um, but I'm not going to wear it every day because, you know, oh, it could be a little depressing. Well, <laughs> actually, I wanted to ask you that. I, I am a person that wears black 
pretty much 95% of the time because what I found for me as an energy sensitive person, as a highly psychic kind of empathic person, it shields that energy for me. Like I, if I wear all black, the, the shielding, the energy that I take on decreases significantly. And, you know, that's true. Black it, black is very warming and very comforting. It's a color that corresponds to our kidneys. And you know what? It helps us to be more courageous and less fearful. So ah. black would be a good color if for that. Although, if you were single, Jake, and you were going out at night, you might say, <laughs> you should wear a light color so, so people can see you in the dark. <laughs> Maybe you should wear a white. Well, it's interesting that you bring up the kidneys because a lot of the book – and I think a big portion of the book really focuses on the adrenals and how in Western culture, the adrenals are just getting taxed and all of these things that are happening. There's a lot of different ailments that are rooted in this stripping of the adrenals that we have in Western culture right now. And I don't even think people realize that. Can you talk about that a little more? Well, it does seem that for a number of years now, the American way has been to wake up and smell the coffee yeah, and go, go, go. <laughs> And, you know, coffee, it's free in a lot of work areas, too. Like, you know, you go to work somewhere and they've got free coffee. They don't have free kombucha. Right. You know? <laughs> exactly. Um, it's like they want everyone to be a workaholic. And so drinking coffee, I, I did have a, a cup this week. I was uh, at the hot springs, so it's not an everyday thing for me. But um, what it does is it stimulates adrenaline production. And adrenaline is that flight or fight hormone. It's a very important hormone. It's what like helps us to move into action because like, oh my God, there's a car and somebody's stuck under there. And it gives us like superhuman strength so we can do things. But then people are starting their day like that every day and it can age you more quickly to overstimulate your adrenal glands not to mention stress stressful music stressful movies wow where you're gripping the seat like so we're we're, we're kind of a, a roller coaster kind of culture you know like notice that <laughs> uh, sleeping pills to go to sleep and then like you know like stimulants to wake up and like i do drink yerba mate we both do but Love i don't it. find i don't find that that impairs my sleep um, I don't find that it's habit forming. I can go, you know, long periods without it. It's very high in minerals. It does have a form of caffeine in it. My uh, teacher used to say it's caffeine citronate as opposed to caffeine brominate. Um, but it, it seems to uh, lift your spirits, yes. mildly laxative, brightens your mood, and um, high in minerals and doesn't seem to make you not be able, it doesn't make you feel all jangly and nervous. Well, I'd like to add to that is that it raises your pH level. It's actually, uh, what's that word? Not acidic. Alkalizing. Thank you. Yes. It's alkalizing. It's not acidic. Whereas coffee, it's lowering your pH. It's getting grumpy. And then, you know, whereas the mate actually alkalizes and it increases serotonin. The Argentinians, the native Argentinians believed that it was a gift from the Aztec gods to promote friendship. Have a cup of tea with me. I am <laughs> right now. I drink it all the time. I love it so much. I love the spirit of your mate, the plant spirit. And, and here's something I want to ask you. Well, what do you think about the new era of psychedelic legalization these plant spirits we're talking about plant spirits well now the plant spirits don't have as much stigma anymore the plant spirits that are kind of like pretty powerful and can create profound change in a short time 
The stigma is going away. The fear is going away. That, that negative energy is dissipating. What do you think about all that? Like, wow, 60 years. Like, my God, the work you did, the foundational work, it's all coming to fruition. What do you think about that? Well, I am very glad about that because I certainly know people that were talking about this for many years that, you know, did jail time who really believe yes. that um, this was going to help my first husband. Um, there's only been two in case you're wondering how many, there's only been two. Okay. Give me a break. Um, but, um, you know, he, uh, he kind of was part of this group called the brotherhood of eternal love. And they thought really? it would help end the war in Vietnam. No, I know about those guys. Put enough cash oil and the surfboards and all of that. So anyways, wow. um, I know about Rosemary. that group. Wow. But, but I, I do want to say, yeah, I bet you do. You've probably watched that movie, uh, Orange Sunshine. Well, there's yeah. a book called Acid Dreams, which details oh, yeah. the entire history of the LSD movement and, you know, the government and everything. I read that many, many years ago. And, and that's where I first learned about the brotherhood of eternal love. These people felt like they were on a mission with these psychedelics to change consciousness and humanity, regardless of the risk. It was, it was, a, it really was a mission. And a big part of the mission was to help end the war in Vietnam, which we felt very passionate about. But um, I did live, so I'm writing this memoir book and I did live with Rosemary Leary, Tim Leary's wife, um, when she was like on the lamb. And it was a very um, interesting time in my life. And I think that we have this thing, we've gone from like, just say no. And now there's like, just say yes. But uh, well, my function is like, I'm, you know, being this grandmother source, like, I think we need some education on just say how. Right. And I talk about that in the book. And that's why, you know, I, I think people should, um, you know, work on their stuff. It's not a substitute for doing therapy or making your bed or eating healthfully or, you know, all, all the good stuff, doing your feng shui. Um, but I do think that these medicines can be very, very powerful, but I'm not a big, like, let's go to a, you know, Spangle concert and, uh, you know, be smoking DMT while we're standing up. I, I, I don't, <laughs> it's not my thing at all. I'm, I'm like, no, we're, and I learned this a lot from Rosemary Leary is like, no, you need to be safe, set and setting only with people that you know and trust. Because, you know, things come up, you know, if the people you're with, they turn into werewolves and vampires, like that does not bode well for the rest of the evening. Um, you know, you've got to have really conscious music, preferably without words or ego trips. You know, I play a lot of, um, as a matter of fact, Tim Leary gave me permission to be the voice of the psychedelic prayers, which is based on the Tao Te Ching. So um, it, we, I have a CD out where I read the this beautiful prayers that is based on the Tao Te Ching that was a guide oh. to be used during the psychedelic experience. So I do think we need a just say, just um say how and it also means you know um you know a guide is someone who can prevent mishaps from happening like you know you need to stay hydrated or no we're not going to call your mother right now we're not going to take our clothes off at the park we're not gonna get locked out of the house if we go for a walk you know i'm going to hold your hand when we cross the street um, so safe set and setting and then having time for integration afterwards so that whatever you learned in that experience, you have time to, you know, bring it into your life and, you know, journal about it and make some new resolutions. Because I think that these are substances that really need a lot of respect. And I'm so, so delighted that inner traditions, you know, gave me the permission to like, yeah, go ahead and write about psychedelic therapy. 
um, because I do think that it can really help people let go of trauma, help them um, heal some of the stuff from their past. It can also even help people get some ahas about why they have anxiety and depression. But then it's not just take the medicine, it's take the medicine, learn something, and then bring that into your life and do something with it. Yes, absolutely. I think that's the crux of the entire psychedelic experience. And I think it's so funny when I see these people at concerts, jam band concerts or EDM shows like Spongle, and they're hitting that vape pen, which is kind of a new invention, the vape pen of DMT. My God, when I do DMT, it has to be in a sacred, special place. I'm sitting down. I'm home. I'm safe. I don't know how these people do it, but they do it and they seem to enjoy it. But is it mind blowing for you? Like you saw people go to jail for a really long time, felonies for these drugs. And now it's casually talked about on mainstream television. People joke about it. Like the stigma is gone. Is that kind of like mind blowing for you? Just like overall? Well, you know, Denver uh, MAPS, the Multidisciplinary Association for Psychedelic Studies, they hosted a huge conference in Denver last summer. And um, my partner and I, we did a little chakra activation theater piece um, for Naropa University. And I helped at a friend's booth. But what I saw a lot of it happening, and I were not surprised, there are a lot of ketamine clinics, there are a lot of lawyers, there's a lot of psychotherapists. But I think that they're they're wanting to synthesize psilocybin, just like they want to just isolate the, you know, ibogaine out of the iboga. So, you know, I see that happening. But, you know, nothing's really changed for me. I've always talked about creating safe set and setting, having some intention that this is a big deal. This is an everyday. This isn't recreation. This is this is spiritual medicine. And if you use it with um, that way it can be life transformational and I don't want to see it get a bad name because people are irresponsible and I do think that people are very very open you know Dr. Leary used to talk about imprinting so whatever you choose to listen to watch read talk about in the experience it can go really deep into your psyche and if you're you know at a festival or a concert and there's a lot of uh, demonic overtones or you know like it's weird energy you know, scary music that sounds like monsters eating little children like why do that like that is not funny at all and you know i've volunteered in the zendo tents you know where they have like a chill out place and it's when the music gets really scary that people like start having negative experiences because you can really pick up on sort of the intentions of people aren't really coming from a pure place so i'm good friends with um liquid bloom uh, amani and parangi i don't know I don't know, but um, Amani friend who produces Liquid Bloom, um, they do some wonderful CDs that are very much designed to be used during the psychedelic experience. Oh yeah, I um, love those guys. That it's that side bass, side dub, like really heady, high frequency kind of geometric. You could say there's a lot of math. It's just beautiful music. It's conscious. Yes, I I know exactly what you're talking about, but that is kind of the byproduct of this explosion. I mean, DMT, my God, DMT is just talked about so casually now, like we're talking about it, but like it, it's just normalized. It just still blows me away. And you're a death doula as well. So have you ever like crossed the streams? Like, have you ever had the psychedelic therapy be a part of the mm-hmm. death therapy? And can you talk I'm, about absolutely. that? So, um, well, usually it's for me, it's people that know they're going to die and they're not like going to die that day. 
um, but they know they're going to die soon. They have stage four prostate cancer, breast cancer, whatever they're going to die from. Or, um, and so I, I've, I had this one experience of a man coming who had prostate cancer and he came with his hospice care worker and his intention was he was really afraid to die. And, um, you know, psilocybin is sort of like a practice run because you have this ego death. And um, I said, I better not give him the whole thing because he is like really old, you know. Um, but after a couple hours, I said, no, give me the rest of it. I'm, I'm ready. And he ended up doing, you know, like four grams. Wow. And, um, yeah. And then, you know, he said, I've got this. I'm not afraid. I know I'm not afraid to die. I know there's more. I, I, sometimes, I, you know, I, I kind of love it when I get these people because I always like want to pray first. Like, is it okay if I say a prayer? And you know, sometimes people say, oh, go ahead if it makes you feel better, but I'm an atheist. And I love it when at the end of the ceremony, they're saying, oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> yes, they get the divine download. It happens like the heart opens. It. You know, the God is there like that. That is a beautiful experience, I'm sure. Yeah. So, um, you know, and I'm sure I'll have more and more experiences, but, uh, you know, helping people cross over. But it does seem. And I've also seen someone very much in denial about like, you know, he's dying, definitely dying and in denial, in denial. And he did have a psychedelic experience and it totally opened up. And then he died very peacefully a few days later. So, yeah, I'm seeing that that is a really useful tool because dimethyltryptamine, which is in psilocybin, which is in ayahuasca, it's a chemical that's also produced when we are born and when we give birth, especially if it's a natural vaginal birth. And it also comes into play when we die. And so this DMT experience, if used in the right way, could actually be a practice run for us to see that there is more than this material realm and to have less fear of going into, you know, what some might think is the great unknown but the rancher book makes it sound like death it's going to be amazing you're going to see your loved ones again and you get these pets and there's all you have more senses and you know like ah it's a graduation (laughs) experience i talk about this on the podcast a lot and we do talk about dmt a lot it's like it's a graduation experience the egyptians knew that the mystery school the ancient egyptians all the advanced cultures knew that you're here as this light being for like kind of technically like five minutes you're here in this one life to learn every second is a blessing because you're going to graduate eventually and you're going to miss this place kind of but the graduation (laughs) happens you know that's what we're building for the whole thing is preparation for graduation and the purpose is service it seems like just like you've dedicated so much of your life to service that's what we're here to do to activate the humans to get to that next step Om Dao. <laughs> <laughs> well, we've had such an incredible conversation. Bryn, is there anything that you want to talk to her about? I know you've been writing some notes down here. Oh, I'm just, yeah, not really notes of so much to say, but one thing I just want to say is really just thank you to you and to your whole age group of herbal elders that really, I feel like, brought it back from almost seemingly the time between the 14th and 19th century, really, when it just really went underground in the West. And, um, you know, it kind of came back a little bit with homeopathy in like the early 1900s. And then, but, but really, I feel like it was that 
that 60s and 70s group of people that, you know, the, the plants called out to you and you listened and then you brought it to the forefront and you formed the Herbalist Guild and the Plant Savers and all the schools. And, you know, I've, I've been listening to a lot of Rosemary's um, interviews. I know you did one with her recently. I haven't had a chance to listen to yet. I think but, it came out today. Oh, perfect. <laughs> um, but, you know, how she's talking about how you guys didn't even have really access to herbs besides, you know, the weeds, or maybe you didn't even know what the weeds were yet because they weren't, you know, so well known, but you all just put one foot in front of the other and figured it out and you taught each other and you set up conferences and there was, you know, Brighton Bush and, and, you know, little conferences all across the country and you taught each other and then you taught, you know, people that were my parents age and you've taught me and, you know, on and on it goes. And so, I'm just um, wanted to say a prayer of thanks for all of us <laughs> um, for bringing Thank it you back. so much. And, yeah. and we love Rosemary so much. Rosemary Gladstar, what a dear being. And, you know, of course, when in the early Brighton Bush years, there were probably like 20 herbalists in the country. And now there's wow. you know, yeah. 200 herb schools. You know, there was <laughs> Michael Moore and William LaSaucier. And, right. you know, so anyways, the, the movement's really grown and, um, you know, it's and, and now there's herb stores and natural food stores everywhere. Um, and we wanted this to be available for everyone. And so I just, you know, it's it brings me great joy. Thank you for your yeah. kind words. Yeah, Jenny. no, you did it. You guys did it. <laughs> so great. I mean, it's true that, that you can find herbs anywhere now, like tinctures, salves, various things in national chain grocery stores and because that it seems like that's the mission of herbs right the mission of herbalism is to heal right is that correct well I, there's that's one one of the things we use them for but you know then there's like the pollination and there's beauty and there's inspiration and aroma i mean there's so many things it's so vast that's wow. all medicine too i feel like there's that beauty medicine and Inspiration is medicine. Yeah. Wow. Well, the herbs have done a fantastic job. I, I'm sorry if we just keep complimenting you. You've been <laughs> so fantastic being a voice of the herbs, being a voice for those plants, the plant spirit consciousness for so many years. I just appreciate you as well. Thank you again. Thank you both. And thank you so much, Jake. Um, I love your spirit. Wow. I wish I to be on your show. Well, we, we have so much to do as light workers, as spiritual people. The mission isn't over yet. We haven't activated the United Earth yet, but we're all here doing the work. We're doing the best we can. And this book that you have is a great place to find the natural remedies for the stresses, the emotional issues, the mental issues, all these things that we face as humans. There's an answer in the plant world for that. Now, I want to tell people where to find you, your website, Brigitte Mars. I'm going to spell this, BrigitteMars.com, B-R-I-G-I-T-T-E-M-A-R-S, BrigitteMars.com. You can find stickers, the books, DVDs. She has music CDs, one of the most beautiful stickers I've ever seen, Witches for Jesus. I'm going to actually buy that. I feel like I'm a witch for Jesus. I love Jesus. I love the Jesus story, but I also love all of earth and all the various beautiful teachings. Well, it, the Urantia book says he had a core of women apostles and they left that out of the Bible. So, oh, <laughs> you, know, I, you know, oopsie daisy. And also I was just having a conversation with a different guest about how Mary, the goddess figure, was demonized. And that's a whole other podcast episode that we can have. So listen, if you're in Boulder, Colorado, you can take classes. There are monthly classes 
I have an on, I have an online class too. Like you can be anywhere in the oh, world. Really? And, okay. So if you're yeah. in the Boulder area, you do do those classes once a month, but you also do online classes. Wow. Okay. So anywhere in the world, you can learn from one of the greats, Brigitte. And is there anything else you want to talk about before we go? This is such an honor. I don't want to let you go. I feel like I got to find more things to talk about, but we just have to have you back on. I, I would be so honored. Um, the name of the book is Natural Remedies for Mental and Emotional Health. Um, it's on Amazon. It's on my website. And Jake, if you give me your address, I would love your postal address. I would love to send you a Witches for Jesus yes, sticker. Okay? Thank you. <laughs> That's too. amazing. Thank and Bryn, did you have anything else as an herbalist? Brigitte's here now. Um, Brigitte Mars, is there anything else you want to say to her? I do say I agree with you so much about the weeds. That was one thing I wrote down. I just seeing plantain and chickweed and dandelion everywhere. It's like they know. And I always look over when I'm driving on the highway and, you know, the air is stinky and everyone's in their cars and, and all that. And I look over and I'm like, wow, look at all those lung remedies. Look at all those immune remedies just like sitting there on the side of the highway. Not that you'd want to pick those ones, but they're kind of in the place where it's like, hey, like I would help you out if, you know. So I just, I love that about the weeds and they're so plentiful. And so we could take them all the time and, you know, have them be our tonics and kind of our, um, our guides as we're figuring out this moment. Um, and I guess the other thing is just, if you have anything else that you would like to say, like any stories or any plants in particular that are, um, I know they're all our favorites, <laughs> but you know, just anything like that. Well, I, I would like to say that currently uh, America is using a third of our nation's water to water grass. And then people drive to the store to buy gasoline to cut down the grass. That's kind of dumb. We should have edible lawns and you can save thousands of dollars a year and have the best health ever. If you start cultivating an edible weed yard and you eat those and you use them as medicine, it's really so simple. Don't let them make us be stupid. We're smarter <laughs> than that. And the weeds, they help us. All that chlorophyll is so great for our brain. So um, if you have water to throw away, throw it on a plant. That's one proverb I always like to say. And the other one is um, the best time to plant a tree is 20 years ago. The next best time is now. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> that is so beautiful. Perfect. Well, thank you again so much, Brigitte, for being here natural remedies for mental and emotional health again you can find that on amazon but she has so many other books and so many other things so check out the website brigittemars.com and, and what a blessing we need to have you back on will you come back on soon i would love it Let, yes. let's do uh, the tree of life one. Oh yes. yes okay next time oh man <laughs> this is so amazing you heard it here first people preview of what's coming in the future of midnight on earth Bryn, thank you so much for being here and being a guest co-host and thanks Brigitte. yes and uh blessings yes please hold through I'll the your address oh i will i will okay, please cool. hold through the outro music and everyone check those things out like i said they're just amazing we had a legend on we're going to have more guests on, but this has been a special one. And we'll see you next week, Midnight on Earth.